Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlach. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today we are continuing a conversation on pastors and suicide. If you have not yet listened to part one of that conversation, I want to encourage you to pause this episode and go back to last week's episode. During part one of our discussion, we talked about preaching and presiding over a funeral service for someone who had taken their life. This week we're going to talk about how pastors and churches can shepherd the family and friends of someone who had taken their life. So focusing more on shepherding after the funeral service. As we said last week, this is a very heavy topic, but there is hope and grace in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we can move forward confidently with this discussion and taking care and shepherding those who have lost a loved one. So brother, last week we discussed the funeral service Mm -hmm. from the sermon uh, to the graveside. So if you're shepherding a family of someone who had taken their life, what's the first thing you're doing after the funeral to care for this family? So not like the immediate next thing, mm-hmm. uh, but what what is the first step you're doing to follow up with them, to care for them, to see if their needs are, are being met? Yeah, well, the first thing is um, I want to make sure that they have some time to to rest. Uh, during that season, there are all kinds of, of, of decisions that are being made. Uh, there are all kinds of um, uh, uh, responsibilities that they've got to work through. Uh, there, there are so many practical things uh, that are on their minds uh, that obviously they weren't thinking about you know, just a few days before that now all of a sudden they're, they're, you know, it's thrown right here into their lives. They've got to think about these things. Uh, they've got to take time off of work in order to process uh, all of these kinds of things. So things like uh, how are their, are their bills going to be paid? Uh, it, losing a loved one is unfortunately in our culture expensive. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of costs. There are, are um, uh, the funeral costs, the uh, uh, medical costs, you know, and, and, and things like that. It's, it, there's just a lot that, that goes through. And so are those needs met? Um, uh, are they, are they going to be able to take care of those types of things? Uh, are they going to be able to, uh, uh, to go through things like packing up clothes and, and, and all of that? Are they able to, to do that? Or should someone be there to help them with that? Uh, you know, with the with the financial expenses, is there a way that the church can help? You know, offset those those costs so that it's not an unnecessary burden on them. Uh, you know, uh, what about meals? Uh, you know, maybe they should you know take a, a a couple days or maybe even several weeks off, and and let's make sure that there are meals that are established for them, uh, so that they don't have to worry about that as they're thinking about so many other things. Uh, you know, these are the types of, of, of practical things that I'm thinking about as a pastor. Uh, how can we walk with them? 
uh, in their suffering as a church? How can we uh, come alongside of them and help to alleviate, or, or as Galatians 6 would say, bear one another's burdens mm. uh, and so fulfill the law of Christ? Uh, so I'm thinking about that. I'm probably teaming up with uh, 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 the, the uh, ladies in the church, uh, the deacons in the church, uh, and and uh, their small group, and, and, and perhaps some other uh, folks. I'm just thinking, you know, how can we come alongside this family and walk with them through uh, through this time of suffering. Hmm. That's helpful. You know, we talked about it last. Uh, we said it last week. You know, the the funeral service is not the end. Mm-hmm. You know, um, family members, uh, those that have lost a loved one to suicide, it it it's there. The pain is still there the day after, mm-hmm. and will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I shared last week that um, that I've lost three family members. Uh, a, a father, a grandfather, and an uncle all to suicide. And I remember particularly after my dad passed away, uh, I was sitting in the car with my now wife. Then she was my girlfriend. Um, uh, her her mom had taken her life mm. when she was younger. And I remember sitting in the car and her comforting me, and she said, like, you're going to think about your dad every single day of your life. Mm from here on and you're going to struggle with questions of why every single day of your life Mm. and so as a pastor I think you have to be aware that these are things that are going through these you know these people your members whoever it is their their minds and you have to help them Mm -hmm. you need to be there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I I remember particularly after my dad so I I was I was um, (laughs) fairly young (laughs) I was 17 renting working at uh, a, a Bible bookstore, a part-time uh, college student. And, you know, every week you feel a sense of love by mm-hmm. the church, right? So mm-hmm. every week you, you see people, you know, you give them a, a hug. Uh, hopefully there's no kissing. That, that's, just, that's just me personally. But, you, you know, you feel loved and embraced by the members of the local church, by, uh, you know, week in and week out. Mm-hmm. But I can say with confidence and um, just honestly— Man, I felt loved by my church mm. when my dad passed away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't make a meal for probably a solid month. Wow. I mean, there were just, there was such an overflow of, of love and care by the church. Mm. Um, I remember, uh, and it really from the get-go. So when I found out that my dad passed away, um, my pastor was there within 10 minutes. Wow. And I remember, and I, I said this in a previous episode, but I remember, like, he just came up to me, no words, and embraced me hmm. and cried with me. Um, but the church immediately, I remember, you know, about a week after, my pastor called me aside, and he said, hey, I, just, I wanted to give you this gift. Somebody in the church wrote this for you. And... You know, they want to take care of you, and if you need anything, let me know, and I can communicate with them. It was a three hundred dollar check, mm. like that paid my wow. rent. That that wow. there were so many things that the that the church did for me in that moment mm-hmm. that I will always look back on and say, I felt loved. You know, mm. there's a hole that's left when someone takes their life. Yeah, yeah. And the church has an opportunity to not fill that hole per se. That hole will always be there, mm-hmm. 
but that the church has an opportunity to come alongside somebody and be present with them to mm-hmm. care for them to love for them because you know it's such it's such a uh, it's such a difficult thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i completely agree with you whether you're a pastor or you're somebody who's listening to this podcast who's not a pastor um, look for ways to love on and care for the person whether that's financially mm-hmm. whether that's emotionally um, just look for ways yeah 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 uh, those that have lost a loved one to, to suicide often struggle with the question why you know we mentioned that just now we mentioned it last week mm-hmm. uh, for many there's even more questions that that come up uh, that bring all sorts of emotions what can pastors do to help individuals that have lost a loved one to suicide navigate these questions to make sure that they're processing these things well yeah well wisdom tells us and by wisdom I mean the wisdom of scripture tells us that that we won't um, get all of the answers uh, to the to, to all of the questions that we ask um, some of those uh, uh, answers uh, may not come immediately but they may come over time uh, there are other questions that we're honestly just going to have to wait until we see the Lord face to face and even then he, he in his wisdom may still not answer that question uh, I, I, I don't know Um and so there, there are some things that you have to uh, guard yourself, Pastor, against um, uh, in terms of speculating. Uh, we, we talked about speculating in the previous episode, um, uh, forcing answers to questions that honestly you don't, you don't totally know the answer to. So wisdom says that you've got to restrain yourself uh, from from. Um, uh, from being the 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 Bible answer man, if you will, you know, and 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 seeking to answer every question, you can't answer every question. On the questions that you may have answers for, uh, biblically, you want to uh, answer those questions, but answer them with a with a, a heavy dose of humility and grace. Mm. Uh, so realize, as the shepherd, uh, that one the 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 people that you're talking to are are experiencing a whole world of emotions and and you may have the right answer but it may not necessarily be the right time to answer uh or you may have uh the right answer but it, the the person may not be in the right state you know or, uh, emotionally and and mentally for that for that answer and so you need wisdom you need wisdom you need discernment you need humility uh, to to be able to say, you know what, I, I may have an answer for that question, but now may not be the time for that answer. Uh, or uh, if you don't have an answer, to say, I don't have an answer. I don't know. It's okay, Pastor, to say, I don't know. Uh, but uh, something that I do know is that God is in control, that he loves you, that he is good, uh, and, and he's faithful. And, and even though there are a lot of things that don't make sense right now, uh, uh, I believe that in the end of days, uh, the the mysteries of these of this life may uh, uh, be able to see, uh, be seen a bit more clearer uh, in that day. Uh, and so, for some things, we're just going to have to wait. 
uh, and, and trust that God, you know, is here. He's got the steering wheel in his hands and he knows where he's going and he knows what he's doing. And we can trust his faithful and, and good and kind hand in this process. Hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. I agree. I think it's, I think it's very important uh, for the pastor to just be present in those mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, often words of comfort aren't even really needed in that in those moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just knowing that there's somebody present, somebody mm-hmm. that you know. If you if you have questions, you can go to. Um, but just knowing that somebody's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's also important for pastors to let their family know that, you know, that the death isn't their fault. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think that's typically the first question Absolutely. that comes into their mind is, did this person leave because of me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah. for a pastor, you want to nip that in the bud mm-hmm. and, um, you know, let them know that 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 it wasn't their fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, we talked about it last week with the graveside service. You know, one of the biggest mistakes you can make is walking away from somebody who's in that state who's processing and not giving them the hope found in the gospel that's right um in the end any answer that we give that's not that is insufficient mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not that it's not helpful it's just insufficient yeah yeah you you want your folks to um you you want them to have the right foundation for processing the unknown. So make sure they that they know what they should know, <laughs> uh, who Jesus is, um, what the gospel is. You know, as you said, the hope that we have. You know, in Christ, the the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, who who applies the mercies of Christ. You know, to our hearts and to our minds and our souls. Um, uh, make sure that they that they understand these things, and 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 the the things that are more complex, the things that that need more time, you know, to develop and to process and and so on, uh, that will come in due time. Uh, but but make sure that they know where, uh, make sure that they have the uh, uh, as as Hebrews would say, hope as an anchor. Mm-hmm. You know, make yeah. sure that 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 hope is nice and and, and steadfast and secure for them. Uh, so that uh, as they navigate these storms and navigate these mysteries and uh, and and all of that, that they're they're able to uh, to uh, navigate all of that with the truth, uh, the hopeful truth uh, that we have in Christ. Hmm. So speaking of processing, uh, should pastors recommend family members seek out counseling to process the loss of a loved one? So what would you say? You know, should they, should they not? Why or why not? Thousands of men and women serving Christ all over the world have found that a Southeastern education was exactly what God had in store to equip and train them for service. We're producing Great Commission-minded students who desire all people everywhere to glorify Christ. Preview Day is a unique opportunity to see firsthand what God is doing at Southeastern, hear from faculty and students, and fellowship with others just like you who are discerning God's call on their lives. Sit in on class lectures, tour the campus, meet professors, and have all your questions about life and learning at Southeastern answered. Our Preview Day will allow you to seek God's calling in your life, 
Whether he leads you to Southeastern or elsewhere, we will be thankful for your joining us. The cost for the day is minimal at only $20 per student, and the next opportunity to join us for a preview day is Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. Uh, I think that it's okay to recommend counseling uh, in in there. That that you should make it available uh, for uh, for the family. Uh, there should be someone there to listen. There should be someone there to help them process. There should be someone there to help them, uh, uh, you know, make sense of 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 it all. Uh, provided that that counselor is is going to counsel them with the scriptures. Uh, and is going to help them think through this uh, with the right perspective and the right foundation. Uh, but I'll, I'll, if I could say something alongside of that, uh, this, I believe, is why is one of the uh, reasons that God has given us a local church family. Uh, I, I think that the church family must be, absolutely must be present uh, in a situation like this. Uh, this is why we 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 talk about small group fellowships, you know, and small group community, uh, where you have uh, brothers and sisters who are who are walking through life with you. Uh, what what is the purpose of a small group if if they're not here to be mm-hmm. with you in a season like this? Yeah. Uh, you know, where where you could see Romans twelve, First Corinthians twelve. You know, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. Uh, uh, you know, we need a community that's going to do that, and 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 so you have that. You know, why uh, think about uh, the ministry of uh, even a ministry of of music? You know, uh, during that time, think about the council uh, that you get through just hearing people sing of the hope that we have in Christ week in and week out. Uh, that is in and of itself is a balm to our souls. Uh, when you can look around the congregation and you can see widows who have had, who have lost their loved ones, or you've seen, you know, folks who are, who are struggling, you know, through health issues and, uh, and so on, you know, even folks who have had their heads shaved, you know, for, for their chemo treatments and so on, and they can still rise up, you know, together with the community and, and give praise to our God and, and, and confess their hope and trust in his faithfulness and so on. Uh, think about the body life, you know, and just how much being a part of the body of Christ is in and of itself a counsel uh, to us. Uh, so, yes, you, you, you should have that individual counseling. You should have, you know, that setting where, where someone is able to, to, to drill down a little bit deeper and, and, uh, and get a little bit more specific uh, in, in terms of counsel and wisdom uh, for them. Uh, but please do not neglect the life of the body uh, in this moment. In this moment, and I know this is how we, uh, a lot of us process grief. We, we, we pull away yeah. um, and so on. But I urge you, if you are in a situation like this, uh, don't move away from the church. Move towards the church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and if this is a godly, Christ-honoring, healthy, loving uh, church, you will be so grateful. Uh, that uh, that the fellowship of the church is what it is, as they love you uh, uh, and and are with you, uh, as the Lord commanded. Yeah, it's not the, just the responsibility, the sole responsibility of the pastor to take care and shepherd those who are grieving. This is this is the church. We take care. We love one another. We we grieve when others grieve. We rejoice when others rejoice. And so, uh, as a pastor, 
equip those in your church to be that, you know, week in, week out through preaching, whether it's classes specifically geared towards um, being there and and, and caring for those who are grieving with the loss of a loved one, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. equip them. Uh, Also, I would say equip those who have lost a loved one to suicide to then be uh, someone who can care for and uh, counsel uh, others in the future who might encounter that. I remember Mm -hmm. um, just uh, one day working. This is probably about a month after my dad passed away. I was working at this bookstore, this Bible Mm -hmm. bookstore that I was employed at. And I remember there was a woman who came in and started interacting with another employee and that other employee knowing that I had just lost my dad was like this you need to talk to this guy and so the the employee connected me with this customer and this customer just broke down mm. like in the middle of the store broke down because she had just lost her son mm. like this was this was a, a, a four-day-old loss like wow. not a four day old child, but a four like she had just lost her mm-hmm. her child four days ago, and mm-hmm. she just said, "I'm so lost." Hmm. And in that moment, it just clicked that there's an opportunity to share the hope and encouragement that I had been getting from my church and from those that were you know around me in that time, and I could I could do that for this person. Hmm. And so we we went to the section of the the store that was that was vacant. Um, I recommended some 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 resources for her to help process this that had been helpful for me. And then we just cried hmm. in the middle of a store. Wow. I mean, th- to us, it was just us there. Like there hmm. were people probably around us, but I just prayed with this sister. Yeah, yeah. And and so equip your your members to. Yes, process it, but once they once they get to a place where they can do it, to then go out and help those that are struggling with similar situations. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, absolutely, this yeah. is not something that just the pastor does by himself. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, that the church has been equipped to do uh, alongside and with him. Yeah, and and isn't this part of the healing process? Uh, you know, part of the healing process is that. Uh, is that you become a person uh, who is able to to feel what other people feel. You know, you're able to empathize with other people in their hurts and in their sorrows and so on because you've felt it deeply yourself. And now you're able to to join in with someone else and and share their sorrows with them. Yeah. Uh, Second Corinthians one. It sounds like that's exactly what Paul was talking about in in the beginning there when he says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction." with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Absolutely. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. And he goes on and says uh, uh, in, in verse 6, If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we're comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. And so our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. And so there's this this culture, this community that God forms through suffering, 
where we are able then, because we have suffered, uh, to understand and, and to empathize with those who have suffered. And as we have been comforted in our suffering, we now know also how to comfort someone else, you know, as they're mm-hmm. going through their suffering as well. And in so doing, God tightens the bond, you know, of brothers and sisters together in the local church uh, because we've been through some hurt. Uh, and we walk together in that hurt. And yet we've also been healed by Christ, you know, and are continuing to be healed by Christ. And so we are a part of the process of healing others as well. I mean, this this is where the church is at its absolute most beautiful. Yeah. I was about to say, it's such a beautiful picture. Yeah. Beautifully broken, but yet being brought together, tied together. Um, such a such a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. So what are some good resources that can be useful to pastors leading members through the grieving process. Are there any books that you've read or used in the past that have been helpful in this? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's several books, uh, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that, uh, that God has raised up so many good resources. I'll, I'll just mention a few. Uh, uh, John Piper's book, When the Darkness Does Not Lift, uh, is a really helpful one. Um, it's not specifically dealing with grieving, but it does deal with with some of the the emotional anguish uh, and, and so on, uh, those seasons that that, that we go through. Um, Jerry Bridges, who's now with the Lord, he wrote a book called Trusting God, mm. uh, which is a fantastic book for someone like him who uh, who experienced a, a a pretty decent amount of of, uh, of suffering and hurt in his life. Uh, Tim Keller, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering, is a really good book. Um, and Brian, Car- uh, Brian Croft's uh, series, I forget the name of the series, but there's a book there called Comfort the Grieving, uh, which is a good book. Uh, Paul Tripp's uh, Suffering um, uh, is good. Mark Rogop's, uh, is that one, uh, Weep With Me? Is that the name of that one? No, Deep Clouds. Uh, Deep Clouds, Deep Mercy. Yeah, yeah. Deep Clouds, Dark Deep- Clouds, Deep Mercy. Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. That's a, a really, really good one uh, as well. Um, and uh, then uh, Christopher Ash uh, wrote a book uh, on Job. Uh, he has a, a longer commentary on Job, but he also has a little, uh, a, a tinier book, uh, just a little bit over a, a hundred pages or so. I don't even think it's 150 pages, uh, but it's called Out of the Storm, uh, Grappling with God in the Book of Job, uh, which is another fantastic book of, of just you know processing suffering, processing uh, grief and hurt and so on yeah. and the sovereignty of God in it all. So, yeah, um, uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, another uh, well-known uh, in Christian circles, uh, sister in Christ uh, who's who's dealt with um, uh, uh, significant amounts of suffering in her own life. Um, I believe she has a book called When God Weeps, mm. uh, which is a book uh, about... Um, uh, how God is near to the brokenhearted, uh, as the Psalms uh, uh, speak as well. That's a really good one. Um, yeah, there there are tons of, of resources uh, that are not just good for pastors as they process uh, uh, grief and shepherding uh, the grieving, but even some that you could even pass along to those yeah. who are grieving uh, to help them process uh, themselves. I was about to say, if, if you're listening to this, you might want to purchase some of these just to keep on hand because— if, if, if you are shepherding and caring for those who specifically have lost someone to suicide, uh, the chances are high they're going to come to you and ask for, for resources. And so it might be good and wise just to already have some of these uh, resources uh, on hand and maybe even walking through the book with them 
mm-hmm. um, so that they're not doing it on their own. Mm-hmm. Last question, uh, wanted to focus a little bit on pastors mm-hmm. uh, specifically. So how can pastors take care of themselves during tragedies like this? You know, preaching a mm-hmm. funeral, caring for the family, uh, and processing the loss for themselves a lot of time, uh, a lot of the time can be incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. So how can pastors shepherd their own souls well during times like this where you're just constantly, it feels like, preaching funerals and losing people? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first and foremost, sleep. Uh, have good, um, uh, planned, marked-off you know, uh, seasons and, and, and times where you can rest mm. your body. Rest your body, rest your mind, rest your soul, sleep. Uh, Psalm 127, God gives to his beloved sleep. Uh, so it is a gift of God uh, that after you know several days, several weeks of shepherding, uh, uh, you know through a hard season, a hard situation, that that you can rest uh, and 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 be recharged, you know. Um, so that's uh, that that's definitely a helpful thing. First off, uh, secondly, it's the nature of shepherds to feel the pain of their sheep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I personally don't know any other way to pastor. Yeah. I, 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 you know, if if someone is hurting, I hurt. You know, if one of my people, you know, is 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 in, in an intense season of pain, it grieves me. Uh, that that they're going through that because I love them and and I I, wa- I don't want to see them hurt I don't want to see them you know go through this and so uh, you have to uh, you know tend to your own soul uh, uh, with that um, uh, pray for them intercede for them you know but also pray for yourself uh, lest you find yourself in a situation where you feel like you've got to shoulder all of their burdens by yourself. Uh, that's that's not what God intended you to do as a as a shepherd, uh, but rather to point them to Christ, and so guard your own self from uh, any any sense of um, over responsibility uh, when it comes to other people's grief. That 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 uh, you kind of absorb it into yourself, but but absorb it too much uh, that now you don't have anywhere to go with that grief or anything. But as you're calling them to go to Christ, you go to Christ with your sorrows and your grief. As well, uh, uh, in, in prayer and uh, and um, in fellowship with Him, um, but yeah, uh, if you have you know any types of hobbies or things like that, you know places where you can get away. Um, I know some guys where you know after a season like that, they'll go and grab the fi- the fishing rod, mm-hmm. and they'll just go to the lake and just spend hours you know fishing. Uh, you know, or you may uh, be more athletic and you just go, you know, and grab the basketball and go to the gym and just shoot around for a few hours. Just something to not just to get your mind off of it, but something to help, you know, release the stress. Decompress. Yeah, yeah. Decompress. Um, those things, I know they, they sound mon- uh, 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 kind of um, weird, uh, but you would be surprised uh, just how helpful those types of things are for pastors and for pastoral ministry. Uh, just just another gear that you can shift to uh, before you go right back into uh, the, the, the hard work of, of shepherding souls. Uh, so yeah, those types of things are really helpful. And if you need people to talk to, uh, if you have elders, uh, talk to your elders. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have an elder that may be taking the point 
you know, on on this situation. They may be doing that. Make sure that you're taking care of them yeah. and give them opportunities to uh, uh, to get away uh, and to uh, and to decompress and process and so on themselves. Uh, if you don't have elders, uh, then there are certainly resources outside the church. Uh, if you need someone to talk to, if you need someone to uh, to pray with, uh, someone you know to give you counsel and so on uh, as you're uh, as you're processing uh, these situations as well. Absolutely. I want to say before we conclude, if you are a pastor or if you're not a pastor and you just found yourself randomly listening to two dudes on this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast episode and you're struggling, please seek help. Mm -hmm. If you're an SBC pastor, chaplain, or missionary and you're struggling, you can call the Pastoral Care Hotline at 1-844-PASTOR-1. Uh, There are plenty of resources out there to help you. There are plenty of people out there to help you. Uh, You are not alone in the trenches. Even if you have nobody else, you have a God who is there with you every single moment of every single day. So don't lose heart. Mm -hmm. Seek help. You are not alone. Well, that will do it for today. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. If this conversation was helpful in any way, please consider leaving us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope we've done that today with our conversation. And as always, brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.